Hey everybody, this is Warren Sharp, NFL analyst over at Sharp Football Analysis. I want to welcome you to the Ringer Gambling Show. Join me on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays each week during the NFL season with guests Chris Vernon, Ben Solak, and Joe House to guide you through the NFL betting landscape. We'll be talking spreads, game totals, parlays, player props, futures, and much, much more. Be sure to follow the Ringer Gambling Show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Welcome to the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Heifetz. I am joined by Danny Kelly and Craig Horlbeck. Welcome to our first Wednesday Power Hour, where we will be ranking something every Wednesday during the season. Power ranking. Power ranking. We're gonna be yeah. power, it's not just it's not like going to be ranking. powerful rankings. Yeah, there are rankings and then there are power rankings. <laughs> <laughs> Who coined power ranking, by the way? Because that is really caught on. You think people just did all these rankings and someone's like, it's the power. These are the power rankings. <laughs> so we're going to do it. If you've ever done a power hour, you can probably guess what's coming, which is we're going to rank stuff. We're going to talk about them for a couple minutes and then you're going to hear this sound. And then we will move on. Probably uh, not immediately. We'll probably take a little bit to wrap up, but we're not going to be drinking because we have jobs and we don't want to lose them. Maybe we'll get them in. Maybe once in a while. Can you explain Explain to people who don't know what a power hour is real quick? Oh, sure. The power hour is you and your friends hang out for an hour and every minute of that hour, you take a shot of beer. Uh, I guess it could be a shot of other things, but usually traditionally a lot. it's a shot of beer and mm-hmm. that usually accumulates to around seven and a half beers, but it's fun. YouTube has a lot of these uh, compilations for Power Hour where they'll play like songs from the 90s and every minute the song will change and every time the song changes is when you take a shot of beer. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not condoning this type of behavior. However, in certain environments, it could be a fun time. We're not discouraging <laughs> it either. I also think the genre, the YouTube genre of Power Hour has almost surpassed the game itself. I think now it's like way more fun to just throw on there's so many youtube power hour playlists that like a good genre, just, here's a different music video for a minute 60 times is almost more popular than the actual game have you got when's the last time you guys did a power hour the actual shot a beer thing a really long time but the I early mean, 2000s the youtube videos all the time they're fantastic when we, what about you craig uh in the last six months like <laughs> craig's like last night really not actually, not the full. We do power half hour because like power hours are a little bit aggressive. <laughs> we're be doing over. power half hours. They're not going to be an hour. Nobody email us and be like, it's not the whole hour. We're not going to be doing it for the whole hour, okay? You guys don't want us to hear us powering something for an hour. That's a lot. <laughs> we're only going to do no less than a full that. hour. Yeah. So 
We're going to be doing this every Wednesday. If you have ideas you want us to power rank in the future, please email us at ringerfantasyfootball@gmail.com. We will look at all your concerns and all your thoughts on what we should be power ranking. Today, we're going to be just ranking the things that we want answered in week one. Mm-hmm. Like there's obviously it's week one. You don't want to overreact to anything, but there are some things like we can just, if you see it, like you will just know. And there are just questions. We've been talking about stuff for like six months or nine months in some cases. And it's like, we'll just find out this weekend. Yeah, finally, we'll know if all of our analysis was wrong or not. (laughs) There we go. Just like... We'll know immediately if we've made a huge mistake. So I have done these rankings. This is not like a we all ranked in composite ranking like our draft guide. Like this is... I rank them. And if I'm wrong, you guys can just yell at me. Sure. Does that That work? for us. Yep. And then we'll be doing that every week. Each person will be ranking things each week and we'll yell at each other. (laughs) Real quick, before we actually do that, though, there is news. Latavius Murray is released from the Saints. They try to shake him down for a little more money before the season. DK, do you want to just do your victory lap on Tony (laughs) Jones? Yeah, I would like to say I mentioned Tony Jones on the podcast. You guys made fun of me. Funny how things work out. I will say, Heifetz Heifetz has him ranked higher than me on his rankings. I mean, yeah, you made fun of me and then I actually ranked him higher. Yeah, so I mean, like, hey, that's fine. DK, I sincerely apologize. I actually did draft Tony Jones for a dollar. Yes. uh, Because of what you told me. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Glad we got, glad we can start our power ranking episode with the Tony Jones victory lap, just like Mm -hmm. everyone really wanted to hear. Okay. Let's get to power rankings. Again, these are basically like season swinging questions that we want answered in week one, like things we just need to freaking see what the hell is like. I'm tired of talking about it. I got number one. Okay. What version of Jameis Winston are we seeing with the Saints? Speaking of seeing, start start the the timer. Start the timer. Timer. Oh my God, the timer. I forgot. Okay, let me (laughs) start over. You didn't hear that. First first one. Timer begins. (laughs) Great start. (laughs) What version of Jameis Winston are we seeing with the Saints? What is this team? Man, what what are they doing with Taysom Hill? Like, I need to see what they're going to do. Yeah, are we essentially are we gonna get like the version of Jameis Winston that was on the Buccaneers two years ago where he passed for five thousand yards? was just pushing it downfield, super aggressive YOLO balls all day long. Uh, I remember writing an article like four or five years ago about how Jameis Winston needs to stop playing hero ball. And again, it was like four or five years ago and he never did stop. So I want to know if... There's just so much, so many question marks going on. Yeah, is he like, has he actually figured it out? Is he going to start to take care of the football? Can they coach that out of him? Obviously, the LASIK thing is a factor. He can see now. That's huge. Also, like, you know, I still feel like I'm hesitant about these receivers. We've really talked about Marquez Callaway just becoming, you know, just slotting in for Michael Thomas like it's nothing. Mm-hmm. There's Traquan Smith's involved. Like, I, I these, the weird tight end situation with Juwan Johnson, Adam Troutman. There's, like, Tony Jones. There's, like, five guys starting for the Saints that, like, yeah. no one had ever heard of before this year. Uh, so I'm, I'm a little hesitant to just anoint one of them as, like, oh, yeah. Marquez Callaway is going to be the guy, you know, like totally. I, I think week three, we could come around and be like, oh, turns out none of these guys are the guys. But also like, what is the offense, right? So it's like Jameis had 30 interceptions that 2019 season. Drew Brees doesn't have 30 picks in his last four years combined. So I'm just curious <laughs> if they tone, if they are more aggressive with the downfield throwing and Jameis is more selective or if they tone his overall profile of what he's doing down, because basically Jameis was the most downfield passer in the NFL. And Drew Brees was the least downfield passer. Like, J- Jameis was throwing yeah. it not quite, but almost double as far in the air on average as Drew Brees was. So I'm curious, are they pushing downfield like Brees was in 2009? Or are they scaling James back to be like Brees Light from two years ago? Okay. Yeah. Whew. Look at that timing. First one. Wow. Boom. Look Perfect. at that timing. Unbelievable. Take a shot. 
<laughs> we actually I, recommend that people at home do Power Hour as they listen to the show. Do it with Everclear. Yeah. Everyone should be... T- actually, we, will I get sued if someone does that and dies? Actually, probably. Take, never don't, mind. Don't. Don't do that do with now, water. Don't do it with Everclear. Do it with some a nice cold beer. <laughs> do that with water. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Very hydrated. Water. Okay. Next up here, number two burning question. It's, are the Seahawks going to throw more this year or what? Wow. That's number <laughs> two for you. I think so, because... So two years ago, it's like the Seahawks were the most run-heavy team since the Tim Tebow Broncos. And then, the, like, <laughs> that's a that. fact. They have fucking <laughs> Russell Wilson at quarterback. Drives me insane. Yeah. So that was two years ago. The first half of last season, they were the pass-heaviest team in the NFL. So they mm-hmm. went from Tim Tebow Broncos running to the passing more than Patrick Mahomes. I want to know where they are in the spectrum of those two things. Yeah. DK, I have a question for you about Seattle. So Shane Waldron is now the offensive coordinator. It was Brian Schottenheimer before that. How many OCs has Russell Wilson had in his time with Seattle? And like, how have they really affected how he has played and what kind of, you know, how much he throws? Really? Yeah. So I, I could be wrong. Let me, I'm trying to remember. I'm pretty sure it was Daryl Bevel and then Schottenheimer and now Shane Waldron will be his third. Oh, so I, could be mis- I could be misremembering. I can't remember. Okay. But... Regardless, it's only like three or four, two or two to three, three to four. And generally speaking, I'd say they haven't been all that different. And I and the big reason that like people are maybe hesitant to believe this Shane Waldron hype right now is that Pete Carroll is the guy who basically runs the Seahawks. Like his his the offense is like the product of his vision, his style. That's why like they kind of shut things down midway through the season after Russell Wilson started turning the ball over. Like turnovers are the big thing for Pete Carroll, and we can't have turnovers like he, he will shut it down if if russell wilson starts throwing turnovers that said i think as long as he doesn't start doing that they'll play fast they'll pass <laughs> a lot i you know even after even last year after they quote unquote shut it down like stopped letting him cook they were like i think slightly above league average in pass rate so it's not like they totally stopped passing it's just they stopped passing at the like breakneck speed that they were early on in the season so i think it the boring answer and the time is up right now. The boring answer is they're going to be somewhere around league average. So it's kind of like Pete Carroll is the Logan Roy and the offensive coordinator is the Kendall Roy. And he like, he lets him do, he does, do what he wants. <laughs> but then like the second thing start getting bad, he's like, no, 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 I'm calling the plays here. I think that that's like the Raiders. <laughs> if there's a Kendall Roy in the NFL, they're working with the Vegas Raiders. Okay. This next one, I, I, I don't know if I've ranked any of these properly, but this one, I have the lead, like, I just need to know what Saquon's usage is in week one and how good Saquon is and how healthy he is. Like, I want to see him play football. Yeah. Like, again, the week one, the only healthy full game he had last season, he had 15 carries for six yards. I haven't seen Saquon do good football things in two years. I will say that having done two auction drafts in the last four days, the hype on Saquon has died, actually. Like, he's going for cheaper. It officially has worked. Like, like he's going, like, in the 40s now. He's not near the Dalvins and the Camaras. The 40s? So, yeah. He, in wow. both of my leagues, he went in the 40s. What? Because people are scared now. People yeah. are scared of Saquon. Maybe if they just did, all my fr- maybe all my friends just listen to the Ringer Fantasy Show and they've been listening to you too much, but yeah. it has actually happened. So he could be the steal of the draft this year. I know Heifetz, you're not into that. Well, the 40s, I would take him in the 40s. I would take him in the 30s. I would take him in the 20s. I mean, I think the thing with Saquon, so he's probably going to play in week one. I do think he's going to be on a snap count ultimately. And I do think it will probably be the lowest snap count he's had in like a healthy game in like three years. But I just kind of want to see him play. Like if he's on a snap count, I'm really curious to see like how, like if he still is that like next level athlete. 
DK, 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 you just completely disagree, and you think he's fine. I, I was just gonna say, like, I kind of just think it's gonna be much ado about nothing. He, he's like almost a year out from getting hurt. Um, I know that he delayed his his surgery a little bit there, but like, still, he's he's always just been like the freak of nature, like the best athlete you've ever seen in your life type of guy. And I think it's been, and I think I've heard several people say this, so I'm not like breaking new ground, but it's like the, the Giants essentially just underpromised and overdelivered with yeah. Saquon, and basically they're like, we're not gonna like tell everybody he's gonna be ready. We're just going to like really underplay this or whatever, um, you know, and just say, oh, he might not be ready. But then week one, he's just wheels up. He's ready to go. I, that's well, kind of how it's feeling. That's the irony of Saquon dropping, because I when all this stuff happened, like I never moved him. Like I just kept, he was like, I don't think he's a first rounder this year. I think he's a right. second rounder. And then it was like, oh, he's not playing. It's like nothing changed. They're just being honest. Like it's day by day. Why are you baffled by 40? Like if he goes for $47 and if you have him ranked in like the second round, that's pretty normal. Oh, $40. I thought you meant like the 40th pick. No, no, he was going for like 45, 44, <laughs> you 43 meant bucks. the 40th pick. <laughs> that makes more sense. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> okay. Uh, next up. We're, we're, I, the power hour is good, man. We just go right through this stuff. I like this. <laughs> we're getting drunk on fantasy. <laughs> just, yeah, I'm just. I'm literally not allowed to just drone on about anything in this. It's kind of nice. <laughs> Way to waste 15 seconds. I'm just going to restart it. Hey. No, no, you're going to pay the price for that, TK. We're already at <laughs> minute 40. Is Matt Stafford actually going to be a huge improvement over Jared Goff? Because no one has done more to, to propagate on. the Rams this year than us. Yeah. I think I used propagate wrong. That's definitely not what I meant. <laughs> Procethalize? What's the word? How do you Propaganda. say that word? <laughs> I don't know. But my I'm question gonna, is just even, like, yeah, I'm not sure the whole narrative that. is like, McVay was a little limited with Goff. Now Stafford's there. He sees him not as like a student, but like a peer. And like, they can do whatever the playbook is. Craig, we've heard enough of the ribs from you. DK, what do you need to see? That was rude. I'm sorry. Proselytize, by the way, DK. We're trying to proselytize Proselytize. People. I said it wrong. Thank you for, yeah. for... I was actually just Googling that. Um, no, but for real, what is something you guys want to see from the Rams that you're like, that's different? They couldn't do that with Jared Goff. Well, so first of all, I think there's two versions of Jared Goff because we saw the good Goff early on in, in his like... McVeigh era but then I feel like honestly he just kind of lost his confidence lost his mojo and they had and also too like they I think teams started to kind of like figure out where he was um you know like what his weaknesses were and then, and then they really capitalized on that I still think that Stafford is going to open up the playbook so they have all three levels short intermediate and vertical Stafford can hit those throws I don't think Goff had either the the arm strength well he had a fine arm but like the confidence to make like the tight window throws um I just I honestly like think this is easy I think Stafford's gonna be a big improvement and I think McVeigh at the end of his tenure at the end of uh, Goff's tenure is basically just like pulling his hair out like I can't handle having this kind of quarterback like it ruins everything I need to go get Stafford and that's why he did it Craig you're the mojo expert did Goff lose his mojo and is it his Instagram related I don't know if it's Instagram related. Maybe he lost some followers or he got some negative feedback on a post and it really messed with his head. But uh, yeah, I think his lack of confidence is the sole reason why he left LA. Okay. Next up, is Kyle Pitts legit? Like yeah. if Kyle Pitts is not good, I will never trust the draft ever again. What does what does his line need to be week one for us to be like, okay, I, I need it, like, four catches, 70 six yards? Six for 60. Here's the thing. If he has like a bad line, but like one or two incredible plays, that's fine. But I sure. either need 
a legit highlight, like something that will make Sports Center top ten, or at least eighty yards, or else DK, we're gonna revoke 80. your draft prediction, dude. If he has eighty high, you're gonna, re- high. You're gonna revoke my draft stuff. Come on, <laughs> not I'm you, not- everyone. Actually, literally, it's actually really <laughs> convenient because every single analyst said he's the best tight end prospect like I've ever seen. So we can just yeah. sweep, like we could just sweep up and round up all the draft analysts. If he had eighty yards, if he averaged eighty yards, he would have. 1,300 yards over a 17-game season, that's which would be like it. double the rookie record. I feel record. like that's what I did. That's what I did to say. <laughs> All right, 70. 70? I'm not happy with 66. Six for 60, I think, is a fine start, and I'll feel good about it. If he has less than that, then I'll start being like, oh, God, we probably overdid this. <laughs> I'm I'm kind of excited for the Falcons in general. I don't know if that's weird to say, but I like I, I want to see like what like the the sequel of Arthur Smith is like, you know, for a new team. I want to see like what Mike what happens to Mike Davis. Yeah, how, if Calvin oh. Ridley actually is just you know Stefan Diggs and and what's up with Cal Pitts? Speaking of Mike Davis, are you worried about Wayne Gallman? Hi, hi Fitz. You have no, I'm not firsthand experience with Gallman from the Giants. All right, look. The only other running back on the roster with an NFL carry is Cordell Patterson, who's like not even really a running back. They literally needed another person. It's all Mike the situation this year. It's Mike situation. the situation, Davis. Yeah. I thought about putting Mike Davis on this list. I realized that the only people who care about that is me and the people who <laughs> radicalized Mike Davis that I have radicalized. And also, I assume Mike Davis's family. Just proselytizing Mike Davis. Proselytizing. Okay. Good, Good callback. <laughs> nice call. <laughs> Next up. Sick references, bro. Your references are sick. <laughs> Weed is tight. <laughs> is Dak like 100% back? Yeah. And Ooh, that's like, a good I guess question. my caveat to this is like, what do we need to see to feel that? Like, so we're recording this on Wednesday. Obviously, the first game is tomorrow night. The last time we saw Dak, he had 1,700 passing yards in four games, which I believe is the best stretch for any four game stretch in NFL history. <laughs> so, like, kind of hard for him to follow up. I'm kind of just curious. Like, he's coming up with this weird pitcher injury and he was missing a lot of time. Like, I kind of feel like the Bucs might wreck the Cowboys. I know we got to be realistic here. They're playing the Buccaneers in Tampa Bay. It's the first game of the season. Rusty got to shake off all the rust, blah, blah, blah. The the Cowboys offensive line is banged up. We don't know if Zach Martin's going to play. Yeah. You know, it's there's a lot of things working against them. I will say, though, don't you think they're probably going to be playing from behind for a good amount of this game? Just based on the matchup, it's at home for Tampa Bay. Like Tampa Bay could jump out to an early lead, which means Dak's going to have to throw a lot. So maybe he does just go... Like, if he goes over 300, are you going to feel good about it? Or is it more like a vibes thing? Like, no statistical it's metric. Both. No, it's, it's statistics and vibes. It, it, okay. But you make a good point in that the only reason he had the 1,700 yards was because they were just, like, losing by three touchdowns early in, like, all of those games. But right. that could easily happen with Tom Brady against the Cowboys. No offense to Michael Parsons, but, like, not really worried about this rookie linebacker against Tom Brady. Also, I don't really think they... Intend on getting down early. I mean, the last time the Bucks played a football game, they destroyed Patrick Mahomes. So I think what their goal is going to be to try and maybe have a balanced offense and get ahead and run the ball so they don't have to just drop Dak back 50 times against the Bucks. Yeah, but everyone has a plan until you get punched in the face, Craig. That is true. Is that like what you say right before you hit That's Craig Mike in the Tyson. face? That's Mike Tyson. People always say that. I just want someone to do that once and then I actually hit the person in the face. You want violence. You're in a fight club. How I kind of want DK to hit Craig. That's all. I'm never going to hit Craig. Never. All right. Number seven. <laughs> Craig's like, move on. Is Sam Donald going to be good now that he's away from Adam Gay? <laughs> this, honestly, like, this is the most exciting, boring storyline in, in the season. Like, I know it should. The Panthers are playing the Jets in week one. Like, this isn't like a hypothetical, like, oh, it's like, I know we can't actually decide if Donald's good in week one, but they're playing the Jets. How funny would it be if Donald just destroys them immediately? Oh, my God. 
Is this the final Adam Gase experiment? Is this the 100%. last example? Yeah, because he's yeah. out of the league now. Yeah. So the, again, the list of guys who have had a career year after leaving Adam Gase, like immediately had a career <laughs> year, is Ryan Tannehill, who, I mean... He turned into a top five quarterback. Yes. <laughs> top like, three. Legitimately. Yeah. Tannehill, Robbie Anderson, Kenyon Drake, Jarvis Landry, Devontae Parker, Damian Williams, all had career years immediately after leaving. To me, I look at Darnold playing with Gase and then also personnel-wise... Sam Donald played with 25 different offensive linemen, 24 different receivers, tight ends, seven different running backs. How on earth was he supposed to do, succeed? You couldn't draw up a worse situation for to throw a rookie quarterback into. Like, honestly, the way it played out in New York, I know that we're making a lot of excuses for the guy, but there are legitimate reasons, I think, that he struggled so much over the first three years. How many, how many years has he played now? Three? Yeah, this is your four. I don't four, think I it's think. excuses. It's like he just turned 24, and he was yeah. with... It's not like objectively the worst. There's no such thing, but it's like pretty clearly an awful place to succeed. <laughs> like I, I, it's, I, he's 24 years old. How old is Joe Burrow? <laughs> I think they're the same age. He's, I think he's younger than Joe Burrow. <laughs> like, it's like no one's giving up. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. I don't, I don't know. It's not an excuse. We're like, yeah, wow, Burrow. That was a terrible team he played. It's a terrible offensive line. Anyway, I really like Darnold. I'm into Darnold. I, I like I said, this is one. I shouldn't be excited about it, but I'm very legitimately excited to see how Darnold does this year. <laughs> so it's going to be... This is another one of those things where it's like, he can have two straight bad games and everyone's preseason hype. They're like, nah, he sucks. Never mind. Yeah, we knew it. Uh, never mind. Uh, no, I'll, I'll die on the hill. That should be one of our power rankings is the never mind power never, rankings. We're just like, no, <laughs> never, never mind. mind. We'll just do the never mind power rankings. That's actually pretty good. All right, next up. <laughs> is Antonio Gibson going to play on third downs like we all thought? Uh, yeah, this, this is one of those big. I feel like we might just find out quick, or it might be a never mind. <laughs> like again, Gibson was outsnapped by JD McKissick ten to one in third downs. That's one of those we probably will find out week one. Yeah, this is like sneaky relevant because I feel like Antonio Gibson was the most hyped player of the fantasy offseason and was drafted pretty highly, like mm -hmm. above Saquon in a lot of drafts. So um, this could be a never mind power rank of number one in a couple weeks. We didn't hit this, but Washington did release Peyton Barber last week, who got, I believe, almost half their goal line carries last season. Yeah. The, the thing that people are talking about, so like they released Peyton Barber, but I think the Peyton Barber release has more to do with the fact that Jarrett Patterson looked really exciting and good in the preseason, mm. so therefore he is now their backup. They already know J.D. McKissick can play his role on third downs. So it doesn't, to me, the the fact they they got rid of Peyton Barber isn't that big of a deal. Maybe the goal line carries is a thing like maybe Payne Barber that was like his only role and you know maybe we'll see that change this year but I was I thought that was more of a statement that they really like Jared Patterson and he's he's there now their backup and blah 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 so um I don't know I, I I'm still worried that Gibson is just going to turn into like the Nick Chubb thing where a really exciting runner very explosive like he makes big plays blah 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 but his bottom line is just really limited by the fact that his team is not going to give him that three down workload. You think Nick Chubb? Well, Nick Chubb is the he's the best. Nick Chubb is like the example I would use just because he's like an extraordinarily gifted runner, but his cap, his fantasy value is capped because of the way they use him. That's what I'm talking about with Antonio Gibson. Maybe you'd rather say he's Josh Jacobs or something like talented runner who just doesn't have any passing game usage. I just think of them different. I think of Chubb as an extremely polished runner, but not a great receiver. And then Gibson's like a unpolished but talented runner who like has receiving talent they're not using but yeah I, hopefully yeah. the whole thing wasn't wish casting we'll see 
Yeah. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. All right, next up. I don't know if I care about this one as much as I just need to. I need an answer so we can stop talking about it. Is Are the Dolphins going to trust Tua more? Are they going to pass more and like is Tua good? Because I'm getting a little annoyed with the Dolphins as a thing. <laughs> I am I am also yeah. annoyed. It's just like they don't, they have not earned this much like discussion and debate. Well, at least in fantasy, I would say that the hype is not there. Is there a single Dolphin getting drafted in the top 70? <laughs> I guess it's just Miles Gaskin. Maybe Miles Gaskin? Looking at our rankings. Yeah, Gaskin we have at 77. The narrative with Tua is last year he was bad. Well, he was fine. I think bad is tough. But he was a rookie coming off a hip injury in an offense designed for a different dude. And now Tua is actually healthy and in position to succeed. My question is, they still have the worst offensive line in football. Which, when you're also talking about having a more downfield passing attack and like Will Fuller and Jalen Waddle, I kind of don't get it. Yeah, this might be a dink and dunk situation. Like, we could end up with, like, a lot of Jarvis Landry's and the Dolphins where those guys, you know, just racking up five-yard catches, you know, a lot, a lot of 10-catch, 64-yard stat lines getting put up because they're just going playing slash ball. Honestly, like, the fact that they might have to just get rid of the ball in two seconds every every play makes me more excited for Waddle. It makes me less excited for a guy like Will Fuller, who's going to be running vertical routes most likely on the outside. But Waddle, if he's if he's being used on screens, quick slants, you know, play action, just get the ball out really quickly, blah, blah, blah. And that was like, Tua played that kind of style at, at Alabama where you just want to get the ball out quickly, very in rhythm, all that stuff. Like, Waddle could be the surprise guy in this offense, and they might um, they might not lean quite as much on Gaskin. I, I will say, though, like, the Gaskin thing is interesting because he averaged like six targets a game or something like that after he took over as starter, and that might not change because they just need to get rid of the ball so quickly. I'm kind of nervous the Dolphins are going to struggle to put up 20 points a game. I'm bullish on the Dolphins. Okay. Glad we could uh, settle that. Uh, <laughs> next yeah. one is, what is Jalen Hurts' rushing floor? Again, this should be higher, I think, in the rankings. I probably, we probably should have put it. He can disagree. I mean, yeah, rankings. this is this one, he has potential to be like, if if he's a good rusher, Jalen Hurts could be the quarterback one. This right? is like, this should be like top three. Yeah. When he played the month last season, he was the he was the third quarterback. He was only, I believe it was just Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson were the only quarterbacks who scored more points than Jalen Hurts when he was the starter. I mean, for the yeah, Eagles. and like, look at what Kyler Murray did last year when throughout, I think through 10 games, he had 10 rushing touchdowns and it was the quarterback one and he was like setting records uh, scoring wise. So the rushing floor is massive. I think people underestimate, still, even in, a, even in today's like, 
more analytically driven, I think, fantasy world where we know that that rushing gives you such this incredible upside as a quarterback. And I think I saw this stat the other day. I mentioned it to Craig. Like Lamar Jackson scored more points purely on rushing last year than Ezekiel Elliott did. So add it. So like that is that gives you this idea where you know like you're you the floor you have as a rusher as a quarterback is insane and it's like this like that's why we call it this cheat code and yeah, Jalen cheat code hurts the rules are stupid but yeah. well whatever that doesn't matter these are the rules um and so like Jalen hurts could legitimately be the quarterback one i mean look look at what kyler did last year if if Jalen hurts scores a rushing touchdown a game i mean he's gonna run away with it are you guys bullish about the philly offense no, uh, I actually yeah. am comfortable to live in both worlds. I don't think that offense has to be good for Jalen Hurts to be a great fantasy quarterback. Right. Yeah, you're probably right. I think yeah. for him to finish as like a top three guy, it probably has to be above average. Yeah, like here's the thing. I, I wouldn't expect a Lamar Jackson season from Jalen Hurts where he is doing all the rushing stuff, but also like leads the NFL in passing touchdowns, which is what yeah. Lamar did. But I also just don't think this has to be a hyper-efficient offense for Jalen Hurts to be putting up like like a lot of rushing yards and just like bailing out his bad games and like bolstering his really good games. Yeah, in terms of single players, I think Jalen is probably the most interesting fantasy football player of 2021. Wow, I love it. I mean, he's going in the 11th round and he was a top three quarterback for the month he played. Like, you know, it's, yeah. like, it's, 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 it's who cares? Like, okay, the other one, I've been wondering this one a lot. Ooh, I like this one. Is Javante Williams just straight up the starting running back in Denver? And will we all regret not taking <laughs> yeah. him earlier? Yeah. We bet that prop bet. It was like over 750 yeah. rushing yards or something like that. I, I think that's a, an easy, easy money pick. The thing I keep coming back to is that he didn't play the final preseason game, even though he was like they said he had not no injury or anything. While Melvin Gordon did. The veteran sitting out the preseason game. Yeah. While the rookie sits and injuries have nothing to do with it kind of says everything to me. And I wonder if just he is just now in that two down territory, better end of a timeshare, just like the Josh Jacobs is the miles Sanders is all the guys in that tier, except he was just been going way later, but he'll immediately just be the guy on a team that wants to run a lot. Yeah. He's also very, I think he's really good too. Like he's super elusive tackle breaker, uh, has some unknown upside in the passing game. I don't really know, like, so the the Broncos talked about how they wanted to just get Melvin Gordon out there, get him some reps. But, like, as a fifth or sixth, whatever he is, six-year veteran, like, do you really need those reps in the preseason? That's exactly like, it. That it's just seems like a, like a cop-out. Yeah, like, I don't, I don't think they need that. It tells me, like, they don't want to risk Javante Williams getting hurt. They didn't care as much about Melvin Gordon. So. Yeah, what's the inverse? Javante Williams doesn't need the reps? That's also quite the compliment. Yeah, yeah, I could see a second half Jonathan Taylor season kind of coming for Javante Williams, where he officially takes over like week eight and just goes nuts and yeah. is the top ten back. If yeah. we check in in three weeks and we did a power ranking of guys whose value has most changed, I think Javante might be on that list. Oh, that's a good that's a good idea. Wow. Okay, look at us all just look at us like not arguing. Five seconds consensus. Look at that. Wow, we agreed. Unbelievable. We're happy. Football's here. We're just a bunch of friends. Wow. Hanging out, having a good time, ha drinking some beers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this one I just need a shout out, DK. So I just was wondering if the Cardinals are going to not suck this year, and like mm. if Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury's offense is going to be good, and Kyler will actually be a good passer. Will he run less? But I wanted to shout out. DK wrote an article for the Ringer.com, great website, about the Cardinals and Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler. And he started <laughs> it with this, which is quote <laughs> quoting Mitch Hedberg. 
As a comedian, you have to start the show strong and you have to end the show strong. Those are the key two elements. You can't be like pancakes, all excited at first, but by, by, by the end, you're fucking sick of them. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, that's Cliff King's One parents. of my favorite Hedberg quotes, by the way, so good. Dang, uh, I've never heard that before, the pancakes. <laughs> by the end, you're fucking sick of them. It's so true. <laughs> Cliff Kingsbury, we're all excited, we're all excited. And I was like two years in, we're like, yo, this guy sucks. <laughs> I'm fucking sick of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because and it's not even, it's like on a macro level, Kingsbury, we got excited about him coming into the league. But in both of his two seasons, the, the Cardinals have started out kind of fast and then faded down the stretch. And so, I don't know, we just need to see this happen in work th throughout the whole season. I do say, like, the Kyler Murray injury was not insignificant last year, I think, and and... You know, it's not necessarily totally Kingsbury's fault that he got hurt or whatever, but um, I, we, I think we still just need to see it happen. And right now, it's a horizontal rate. We were all expecting like this vertical attack, downfield, aggressive, like line up in four uh, receiver sets, run four verts, all this stuff. And and really, it's just turned into like this dink and dunk, you know, screen game. Like I think no team ran more screens than the Cardinals last year. It's like I don't know, man. Like we just need to see this offense come together. They don't. I think uh, this is like not popular to say. I think part of the offense is in part because Kyler has trouble seeing over certain players like the linemen. Yeah, it's the same like Russell Wilson issue. Like yeah. you just you are not that tall, which you can pretend <laughs> it's, it's not fact. a thing. It's a thing. And then <laughs> yeah. also, I just think all, Cliff Kingsbury just seems to have his whole offense is predicated on like, well, my guys will beat your guys instead of like, let's just, you know, win. Like, yeah. And the other thing is like they got they went out and got DeAndre Hopkins and then like they used him on one side of the field on like three or four routes and didn't yeah, mix it up. Extremely simplified. I, I get tree. like you want to run your stuff, but like you have one of the best receivers in the game. Yeah. You can't move him around the field, make it a little more difficult on defense. Like the defense knew exactly what he's going to do on every play. All right. Those are my 12 power rankings. Do you guys have anything I left off? Do you want to be in the comments right now and yell at me for anything I left off these power rankings, the things you want to see in week one? We talked about, we talked about Saquon, but I think, what is Daniel Jones is like a big fantasy implication this year because there's some. I think we know. I, that I was think we know me. what yeah, he is. I, uh, oh, so maybe don't need that question. <laughs> I, what, what, what are you going to see? That's like, what, what's, what are you going to learn in Look, week one from Daniel all Jones? I'm, saying, I'm not saying he's Josh Allen, okay? I'm not saying that. However, if you go back to last offseason, we were saying some of the same stuff about Josh Allen. Like, look, we've seen it for two years. This guy's inaccurate. He turns the ball over. Like, he's not going to turn into this great passer. And then all of a sudden, Josh well, Allen turned into this incredible passer. I'm not saying... This is by far the outlier, but I'm just saying, like, this is a do-or-die year, I think, for Daniel Jones. And so, we'll see. I think I'd look at it, even if you, like... I, I'm not a fan. But it, the obvious <laughs> rebuttal is, like... I'm not a fan. This offense just has not been playing together. Like, the entire premise of the offseason for the Giants was get Daniel Jones weapons. And Kenny Galladay and Kadarius Tony missed, like, three weeks apiece with hamstring injuries. Like they had a terrible they have, and, and now Evan Ingram's yeah. hurt. Saquon's coming back. He's probably at least on a pitch count. Like, and also the offensive line is not a disaster, but like I don't know whatever one tier below disaster is. That's the Giants line. Like, it's going to be really hard to learn something from them the first two weeks as the entire offense learns like each other's names again, and then also they're playing Denver and Washington. Like, that's not really setting them up for success. <laughs> yeah, I think one uh, one other thing that we could have, I think I would have ranked is like. What the F is going to happen with Jamar Chase? Is he just wide receiver Trent Richardson? Yeah. Oh, my God. That would suck. You know? Yeah. Well, cause so for context, for people that haven't been following it, for people that haven't been following, he's just been, he's had a pretty disastrous off uh, preseason slash training camp. Like, 
there was reports early on that he wasn't separating in camp, which was never a big part of his game. And then he was also dropping just an incredible amount of passes. He dropped like four out of five of his preseason targets or something like that. So, I mean, yeah, there's... And, and look, the Bengals don't have a good track record of top 10 receivers that, you know, like panning out or whatever, like go back to John Ross. So it's starting to make me a little nervous, but like at the end of the day, yeah. I still think his talent is going to is gonna show out. Craig's 2019 preseason crush, Auden Tate, out here going to take stabs from Jamar Chase. <laughs> I also shout out to Seth Kalina at Pro Football Focus who made a cut up and of like one of those like hype videos of like every Jamar Chase catch in the preseason, but he just had like one screen. For like he just yards. did like the so mirror. So he just played he, like, it from like every it. camera angle and then he flipped <laughs> the camera. So he had like, there were like six shots of it and flipped us. He had like 12 different angles and they did slow. It was unbelievable. Uh, <laughs> He'll be fine. He'll be fine. The other one I didn't do, but probably should have. It's just the Niners with the whole like the yeah, that's a big one. Experiment they're doing there with Trey Lance and Garoppolo and the whole. All right, yeah. See what happens there. Yeah, are they gonna are they gonna do a quarterback committee? Is a big question. Like it hasn't really worked in the NFL. I mean, it hasn't it hasn't really worked in any level in college either. I mean, I think there's probably a few examples of teams doing it, but you know, I think I feel like as a quarterback you have to be back there and you have to get in the rhythm and you can't be like expected to come out every time i mean is this just gonna be the Taysom hill drew Brees thing i hope so you're hoping for chaos like a three-way relationship itself it just matters if everyone's on the same page i think <laughs> Taysom hill like many side pieces was made certain promises about once i leave this person you know i'm gonna be with you and then it's not that it, but mm. the garoppolo thing, everyone knows metaphor. the deal everyone knows two years from now who's gonna be with who and it's not gonna be jimmy i got another question what what is Ryan Fitzpatrick gonna look like this year? Yeah, he's gonna have a beard. No, and fi- he's. Gonna- <laughs> I mean, like, is he gonna be the Ryan Fitzpatrick that just goes like bonkers and and turns all his receivers into like top ten guys, or not? <laughs> or is he just gonna get benched? He's definitely not gonna get benched. I don't think he gets. Benched. I think it'll I mean, be this- rougher to start the year than people think. I think that the transition. To I think it might be. Is yeah, probably tougher than people think off the offset. It's been a little, like, there hasn't been a ton of hype, honestly, so far about Fitzpatrick, has there? Like, have you guys You think been, they're, like, a little bit nervous? Like, he's been kind of mediocre, and they're like, oh, shit. There's, there's been a little bit of Taylor Heineke hype, which I find baffling, but still, it's just like, huh, interesting. And then they didn't name him the starter until, like, a week ago. I don't know. Just a little mm-hmm. bit nervous. I think it'll be all right. Spring is here, and you can now get almost anything you need for your sunny days delivered with Uber Eats. What do we mean by almost? Well, you can't get a well-groomed lawn delivered, but you can get a chicken parmesan delivered. A cabana? That's a no. But a banana? That's a yes. A nice tan? Sorry. Nope. But a box fan? Happily yes. A day of sunshine? No. A box of fine wines? Yes. Uber Eats can definitely get you that. Get almost, almost anything delivered with Uber Eats. Order now. Alcohol in select markets. Product availability may vary by region. See app for details. All right, you guys want to get to some emails? Yeah, let's do it. All right. A lot of you guys listening have a lot of thoughts on how to pronounce Craig. Holy crap. (laughs) Do we have a lot of listeners? A lot of conflicting In the UK and Ireland and Australia and a lot of people sending YouTube videos to explain to me what those places are and the differences between them, which I will explain. But Craig, it is in fact in the UK and all the places with like, I guess, I don't know, the King's English, Craig, like a Craig, like a crayfish with a G. Like how we say it. Craig. Craig. Oh, so it's not like how we say it. So Max points out, and he's like, here's why. It's paid is not pronounced ped. 
Laid is not pronounced lead. Why is Craig pronounced Craig? But there's yeah, also but said. In, yes. it's, it's not Craig. It's not like egg. All right. It is like, it's like <laughs> egg, which has the Y in it. Craig. It's not Craig. You said like ped. It, Craig is not pronounced Craig. The what? So the one that I listened to on like some some webs on some website where it was like, here's how you pronounce Craig and blah blah blah. The one that I heard was like a Scottish guy. It sounded like going like Craig, Craig. I think the English, the King's English, Craig is it's very similar. I mean, there's like a little bit longer like yes. I you just sound. elongate the AI sound, Craig. Also, kind of. We also got a note from Daniel who said, I used to work with a lovely Romanian guy. One day he finished a work phone call that <laughs> seemed to take a lot longer and require a lot more explanation than it should have. He hangs up the phone, sits back in the chair for a moment in reflection, then comes out with, Craig, who calls their child Craig? <laughs> That's very rude, Daniel. How dare you? <laughs> Daniel, what an original name. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's let's not go in on the Daniels here. I got three Daniels here shitting on me. <laughs> Speaking, this email actually continues that the Romanian coworker also taught me a lovely Romanian expression that was quote to have a carrot up one's bum, which means when you're nervous. Um, it's like the sphincter thing. It's like yeah, type, it's a, yeah, type button. yeah, yeah. So whatever. I think Craig's got a carrot up his bum about how to pronounce it. So, <laughs> Craig, Craig. Also, just shout so did out we to, come? Did we figure it out? Like, I still feel like I don't know how to pronounce Craig. <laughs> I mean, it's Craig. It's the it's his name. It's well, I'm going to pronounce him Craig. To I'm going to keep like calling Taylor him Craig. Thing. It's like whatever he says. That's the answer. It's his name. It's like the word egg, but Craig. Okay. Yeah, we also go. got an email from Matt because none of us knew anything about the UK with a great YouTube Matt. video. Explain Matt. Great Matt. YouTube video explaining the UK, which my God, there's a lot I didn't know. So there's the British Isles, which are the whole thing. The United. K so Ireland is the Republic of Ireland and Northern Ireland. The Great Britain is Scotland, Wales, and England, and the United Kingdom is Scotland, Wales, England, and Northern Ireland. Hence, I did not know this was the full name. The United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland. Oh. I mean, that makes sense. I did not know that. So it's the three and the one. Also, UK still technically a theocracy. Technically. Not in reality, though. Oh, my God. Looking at the crown thing. Don't even... That's what ridiculous. the crown means... <laughs> It's the British Isles, the Commonwealth realm, and the British overseas territories. The British Isles are like the whole UK. There's all these crown dependencies, all these islands, like Isle of Man and Jersey, like random islands, and then all the <laughs> territories in the realm, which there's literally dozens. Yeah. So anyway, uh, I feel like I know a lot more about the UK. Yeah, because I always thought it'd be cool to uh, have dual citizenship of some one of the Commonwealth countries, like Canada, for instance, because then you can go live and work in any of the Commonwealth countries, I believe. I'm not 100% sure about that. But um, like, for instance, if you're Canadian, you can go live in Australia or England. Hmm. Could be wrong about that. Don't don't quote me, but I'm pretty sure that's <laughs> yeah, like, the case. That, that could be on next week's Never Mind. <laughs> oh, <right. laughs> yeah, seriously. We get an email. I applied for citizenship don't based on what Danny Kelly said. Maybe double check me on that. All right, this is from Ethan. Hi, guys. He starts out with a pot shot about Chris Ethan. Herndon. Craig, he started with a pot shot about Chris Herndon that I just got rid of, but I wanted to tell you that's how it started. Uh, he's like, I just left a salary cap draft with Daryl Henderson, who cost 20 bucks, and Sony Michelle, who cost two bucks. Basically, I got the Rams backfield for $22, which felt like an incredible value considering the quality of their offense and their history of top running backs. So my question is, if the system is good, does the running back matter? Like, is it better to spend $22 on the Rams backfield then $30 on a good running back in a bad situation like DeAndre Swift. Should we be smashing Gus Edwards and Tyson Williams in Baltimore and then Raheem Mostert and Trey Sermon in San Francisco? 
instead of spending big on a tier two or tier three running back from Ethan? I thought that was a really good question. Well, it, it is a good question. Yeah. It, well, I mean, he's technically right. Like, the value of $22 for the Rams backfield makes a lot of sense. But also, if these guys are going to split the entire season, then you, I, I would probably rather have a guy who's just going to get more volume, even if he's in a worse situation, because your ceiling still is limited if you're just going to split time. Like if Raheem Mostert and Trey Sermon both play 16, 17 games, their ceiling is just limited. And But like, I guess DeAndre Swift isn't the best example because Jamal Williams is there. But if you get a guy who's worse, who gets more volume, his ceiling might be higher still if he's getting like, you know, 250 yeah. to 300 carries, right? Would you guys agree? Yeah. I think it's like, it, this is sort of a, it's, you're not, he's not comparing like obviously some of the top tier guys. It's, you know, obviously we would say take one of the top tier guys. Don't try and like fuck around with like a weird running back rotation. But like instead of taking one of the tier two or tier three, like the dead zone guys. So for instance, like would you rather have Mike Davis or do the Gus Edwards, Tyson Williams thing or something like that, you know? Or right. I don't know. Like I, th I think I might rather, well, you, I know where Heifetz would go on this. <laughs> But I think yeah, I might yeah. take the discount and go with like the Gus Edwards, Tyson Williams things. Although I don't know if you're getting a big discount at this point because Gus Edwards is probably getting quite a bit of hype now. Um, well, the other real answer to me is it's very simple. It's if Henderson costs 20 bucks and Sonny Michelle costs two, go get yourself Sonny Michelle. I feel like Sonny Michelle is going to have a huge window. I don't think he's going to be very good in the first two, three weeks of the season. I think he might get cut like in your fantasy league, not in real life, or like right. just won't do much because he doesn't seem to know a ton of the playbook. The second half of the season, I feel like Sony Michelle will just have that job by the end of the year. I could see it. Yeah. And like Sony Michelle to me, I don't know if there's anyone that I have as much antenna up, not necessarily because they're on my teams now, but the second they get dropped for not having a big role or just a guy like he's not doing anything. I, I'm going to, I'm going to send trade offers to Sony Michelle if I don't have him and you get him for two bucks. Like maybe the answer is go get Sony Michelle for two bucks, go get Tyson don't Williams bother with for Henderson two for bucks 20. and then get, Ty Johnson for two bucks and call it a <laughs> I think day. The answer is yeah, get the get the cheap ones. Yeah, go big on other guys. Win the job even if everyone's healthy. All right, that's all we got. Uh, Craig, thank you, Craig. Craig. <laughs> I'm not gonna get that right. Thank you, DK. Thank you, Lorne. Lorne. Thank you, Roy Orbison. Oh, email us at ringerfantasyfootball@gmail.com <laughs> if you have ideas for future power rankings. We'll also be coming to you. Sundays, Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays this season. That's right, Woo! Craig. Right? Yeah, that's correct. The season is starting, you guys. Season starts tomorrow. Wait, real quick. Wow. Predictions, because we're not going to be live between now and Bucks Cowboys. Uh, who do you think wins Bucks Cowboys, DK? Uh, going Bucks. Give me a score. Uh, 28 to 26. Craig. 62 55 Cowboys. <laughs> I hope I so. hit this number exactly last year. I, get, I had Chiefs Texans to the, to the point. Oh, yeah. That was good. So do it again. Bucks 31, Cowboys 23. Okay. Which like will it. cover the spread because it's seven and a half. And that's eight. There you go. All right. Thank you, everyone. We will see you guys on Friday. <laughs>